It's the Big Baseball Podcast with Kyle and Drew Charters. Through the first couple of weeks of the Big Ten season, we've already seen surprises, good and bad, so let's break them down on the Big Baseball Podcast. Kyle Charters here with, hey, look who it is, Drew Charters back in town. Nice to have you here. You're the reason we are delayed on this podcast by one day. You did successfully and without any problems at all make it back from the Final Four in New Orleans. That is entirely untrue. <laughs> uh, I'm a very tired Drew Charters this morning. Did you your flight got completely canceled back? Not it got nuked. It flight was never like, happened. No, I I don't know. I never looked. It was a four hour delay, so I obviously wasn't going to make my my connection flight, connection yeah. flight. Uh, so I never looked just... back to see if it ever happened. But um, you made it to Chicago, though. I made it to the Midwest. I made it to the Midwest. Now you're back here in West Lafayette. Your car, though, is somewhere else. In Indianapolis, where okay. I was supposed to this go. Is all very convenient. This is all what I planned on this week. It's all, <laughs> all and, coming together. Yeah. And you've got it, you do actually have a day job, too. So you've been trying to do that a little bit, which is, which is fun. Um, yeah. <laughs> fun is one way to describe <laughs> fun. it. Fun. It's like I actually, with all this chaos in my life, <laughs> I actually have to work. Yeah. Like, you Sometime. did. You did also. Figure it out. You did. You could have just not gone to New Orleans. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I it's mean, my fault. that would have. Yeah. yeah this that is would my have fault. Solved all your problems <laughs> by just not going. All right. Uh, big show today. Josh Reynolds, the interim coach for the Northwestern Wildcats, will join us on the podcast. Man, his Wildcats playing really well recently, including. Uh, winning two of three against Indiana over the weekend. That's a team that got off to a bad start but has been rolling. And, man, we'll, we'll preview this a little bit here. You look at that schedule yeah. that they've got the rest of the way, and you you think maybe Northwestern certainly can get into the uh, Big Ten tournament, maybe do a little bit uh, more than that. All right, so let's roll into this. Let's talk a little bit of surprises through the first couple of weeks. So we got a couple of good ones and, and maybe one not so much. Uh, Nebraska 4-2 and two through the first couple of weeks. And, you know, look, we didn't know what to expect from the Cornhuskers after uh, what was a little bit of a, a rough pre-conference season, though some of that due to the level of competition that they were playing. A preseason favorite for the Big Ten has won four of its first six games, and the Cornhuskers coming off a sweep of Ohio State in Columbus. And it seems like some of the moves that Will Bolt made going into the weekend seemed to really pay off. Yeah, the offense kind of came alive this this weekend against Ohio State. 22 runs, uh, 35 hits in the three games. You know, you and I talked about it last week, how this was a very important weekend for Nebraska. The season felt like it could go one of two ways. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think they sort of had the same thoughts, probably looking at the schedule and looking at where they've been and where they can go. They knew uh, th- that it was a big weekend, and they took care of business sweeping uh, the Buckeyes. You know, I think the way I see Nebraska right now is the offense is going to be there. Mm-hmm. They're they're going to get some consistency, score a lot of runs. Max they've Anderson, got the, they've got I, the talent. I, I think he heated up a little bit, you know, yeah. over the weekend, especially I, in the last two games of Grand Slam. Then he went three for seven on on Sunday. Yeah. You know, you need him in the middle of that lineup to really start hitting the ball. He got off to a bit of a slow start. Yeah, so I think it's going to come down to, uh, you know, Shanneman has moved into the Friday role. Yeah, that was the he's big He's been move. solid. I yeah. think he's going to be solid. So I think they've established an ace now in Shanneman. And the, I think the big question is who follows there? It's been Cody 
who has a four ERA, and McCarville, who has a six ERA right now. Can those two keep the pace? Or maybe is the offense going to be so good that that doesn't have to be such a worry? But I think there needs to be some consistency there moving forward for Nebraska. Yeah. I mean, if if Shanneman can win on Fridays, and then that offense maybe can win you one of the two games over the weekend, then that's a formula for you right. to win series. And if you win series, you're going to be right there in the mix at the end of the Big Ten. And that's sort of what happened. I mean, uh, Shea Shanneman outdueled Isaiah Coupe for Ohio State in, in Friday's game. And then yeah. the offense just you know came alive. Well, I think they scored 27 runs in the last two games of that series. Uh, you know, just nuked Ohio State. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a formula for Nebraska to potentially win some series here, and they, you know, end up sweeping Ohio State. Illinois is 5-1 and one on the season. The Illini swept the Boilermakers over the weekend. Uh, we ta- talked to Dan Hartlib, the veteran head coach of the Fighting Illini, last week, and it seemed like he was encouraged by how Illinois had played going into the weekend, and then the Illini, uh, you know, continue to play well against Purdue and sort of uh, hold off every Boilermaker charge there because Purdue did, you know, hang in there, especially on Saturday and Sunday, just couldn't complete a couple of comebacks. And so Illinois gets that uh, series sweep against the Boilermakers. That lineup on that field in particular is really good. I mean, Brandon Comia had a great weekend, Jacob Campbell. um, You have Cam McDonald. Justin Janis. I mean, you could just go down the list, really, one through nine. They've got a good uh, platoon at at, uh, at DH uh, with Sarver and Hampy. So they've got a good lineup. The key, I think, for the Illini is that pitching staff because after the number one, who is pretty good, Cole Kershipper, and he was good again against Purdue, it seems like every week, you know, he doesn't, the numbers don't like like blow you away like the strikeout numbers don't blow you away so maybe you overlook him a little bit but he's got good command he's got good control he locates he you know changes speeds seems like every week he has like you know seven innings a run uh five strikeouts you know a walk uh which is very productive on a friday but then after that mm, yeah it's a little questionable a little thin there in the bullpen in particular yeah i mean i think the, the you know, similar to Nebraska. Can the offense overcome that? And Illinois a, a quietly a really good offensive team. You you yeah. listed the names. Cam McDonald's on a 23-game hitting streak. That's crazy. Yeah. Nobody's going to, uh, you know, same with the on the pitching mound for the Illini. I don't think there's anybody that's going to blow you away offensively, but literally everybody through that lineup yeah. is batting like 300. Right. And if your whole team can bat 300, they're third in the league in batting average. If your whole team's batting 300, <laughs> you're going to win games. Yeah. And I don't care who you have on the mound. Yeah, so a good start for the Illini through the first couple of weekends. Uh, let's go with um, you know one team that, that is surprising for the wrong reason, and that's Purdue being 1-3, and three, getting swept at Illinois. There are a couple things that are unfortunate, I think, for Purdue. The Ohio State series only being one game, because, look, the Buckeyes are, are, are winless in the Big Ten. Ohio right. State might not be very good. So Purdue, at a time when it was playing really well and had won the opener against Ohio State, ends up not playing the next two games against the Buckeyes. I mean, it it hurts you tremendously yeah. to lose home games in the Big Ten and then home games against a team that might finish uh, out of the Big Ten tournament is even worse. But, look, Purdue didn't play very well at Illinois either. I mean, 
you know, you can give the Boilermakers some credit for hanging in there on Saturday and Sunday. But the pitching staff was not very good. The bullpen in particular had some issues. The walks numbers are bad. I think 19 walks in the series. Uh, in the bullpen, it was, it was you know, not very pretty for Purdue. So, and they didn't play defense as well uh, as they had been in the, you know, 18-1 and one start. So there is, you know, some uh, alarm bells, I think, there about the Boilermakers that they're going to have to try to squash and play better here and what will be a big series against Indiana this weekend. Yeah, just talking about run totals here for Purdue, it's 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 concerning. Let's include their midweek game uh, this week that's already happened uh, prior to this podcast against Northern Illinois. Uh, Purdue has given up 54 runs in their last five games. Mm. They're one and four in that stretch. Yeah. Uh, you know, this, this weekend uh, against the Illini, uh, they scored 19 total runs, but 11 of those 19 runs were in the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning when the game was kind of. I mean, you, you, you know, you can you can think of that in two different ways. They made a charge and yeah. and almost came back and won, or the game was out of hand and and yeah, they got some late true. runs. I mean, uh, you know, both ways you can look at that. So I think those are two concerning things for Purdue moving forward here. Yeah, the Indiana Purdue series will be big this weekend at Alexander because it feels like those are two teams yeah. that are in need of some Big Ten wins. And, you know, rivalry, um, it's a big weekend at Purdue in general, so that one will be uh, interesting, to say the least. Uh, not a surprise, but noteworthy, I think, Rutgers being 5-1. and one. Man, it is, it's hard to ignore what the Scarlet Knights are doing. They have won seven consecutive games. And to me, more and more looking like, if not the team to beat, one of the two teams to beat in the Big Ten with Maryland. But uh, they're good. Now, there's one caveat you do have to say. Yeah. The, the first two opponents of the Big Ten season for them were, were Penn State and Minnesota. And so, you know, two of the teams that are probably going to finish toward the bottom of the Big Ten. Um, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not ready yet to say that about Penn State. <laughs> Minnesota is really struggling. Um, so you, you do have to say that, that the, the, the competition through the first couple of weeks hasn't been, you know, what we expect to be the best competition in the Big Ten. So traveling to Minnesota next weekend, maybe then we can say with a little bit more authority. But, man, Rutgers is pretty good. I mean, I think the schedule has worked out well for them. I think one of the goals for Rutgers coming in had to be, maybe behind the scenes, had to be, we got to survive this schedule first and foremost because they, they've traveled all around. Yeah. Survive the schedule. And I think they're at a point in the season where they can sit and say, we survived the schedule. Goal yeah. number one of the season is accomplished. We survived this schedule. We're looking good. Now we can really settle into the Big Ten season yeah. and, 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 you know, continue trying to win games and, and make a run at this thing. I, I, so I think that's big for Rutgers. That, that schedule has been just crazy. Let's, uh, let's hit our awards, Big Bat and Big Arm, then we'll get to our conversation with Northwestern interim coach Josh Reynolds, who, of course, is in his first of what he hopes, I would imagine, will be more seasons in Evanston. So we'll get to that in just a moment. Drew, though, let's uh, let's give the awards out for this week. Let's go ahead and start with Big Bat. Who do you got? Uh, let's start in Minnesota now with Jack Kelly. we're tearing this down now. Yes, gotta, I got it. I'm got, on gotta, it. Okay. Uh, Jack go. Kelly, a good game. Go. Uh, three for four <laughs> in game one, a couple of runs, three RBIs. He had two doubles and a home run, so a lot of extra base hits for Kelly. Um Luke Satori for Nebraska was 5 for 12. Six runs scored, five RBIs. He had a grand slam in the ninth inning of Game 3. Another grand slam 
in Lincoln. Max Anderson, uh, five for 15 on the weekend, six RBIs. He also had a grand slam, back-to-back games uh, for Nebraska there. Um, Is that what you got? That's all I got. All three. Right, so that was three. That was perfect. There you go. Uh, uh, for Maryland, Nick LaRusso, uh, six for 14. He had seven RBI with a home run, scored three runs. Some of the Illini guys, as you might imagine, in that series where they put up a bunch of runs, uh, had solid outings. Cam McDonald with seven hits, five runs driven in, uh, five runs scored. Justin Janis had eight runs scored, just a couple RBI, a home run, and a double. Brandon Colmia had a really good series. He hit a go-ahead home run on Friday night when Illinois sort of opened that game up. Some of his uh, uh, eight RBI on the weekend with eight hits, a home run, and a triple. Trent Farquhar, the leadoff man for Michigan State, had eight hits. Uh, he scored three runs, a couple of runs driven in, three doubles. But I'm going to give a big bat for this week to Ethan O'Donnell. Northwestern wins two of three against Indiana, and he was great. Nine of 16, he scored six runs with six runs driven in, four doubles, and a home run for the surging Wildcats. Drew, let's go to Big R. Uh, Rutgers, Jared Kalar got a victory in game one, six to four. Went six innings, ten strikeouts. Uh, just a couple of runs in that one. Shea Shanneman, uh, again, got a victory five to three against the Buckeyes. Eight strikeouts in six and a third. Just gave up a run there. Uh, Isaiah Coupe in a loss versus Nebraska. Uh, had 14 strikeouts in seven innings, uh, four hits, uh, one earned run for Isaiah. Uh, going over to Ann Arbor, uh, Conan O'Halloran and a 2 nothing victory uh, versus Iowa, seven innings, four hits, no runs, uh, eight strikeouts and a couple of walks. Uh, Ty Langenberg for Iowa. Uh, got a victory 10 to 3 against Michigan, 5 and 2 thirds, 11 strikeouts for Ty in that one. The two Northwestern guys who we'll talk about a little bit later, uh, Sean Sullivan and Mike Farinelli, uh, were excellent six innings, seven and a third innings. Um, they were really good, but we'll mention them here um, in the weekend rotation. Uh, Illinois, uh, Cole Kershipper was great, seven innings. Again, sort of like what I mentioned seven innings, three runs, or three hits, that is, no runs, nine strikeouts, two walks. Uh, he got no decision in a win against Purdue. You got to look at the 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 three guys, but you know one being a little bit different. Logan Ott in the midweek win against George Mason last week went five shutout innings. So uh, I mentioned to him Ryan Ramsey eight innings. He allowed three runs, seven hits. He struck out eight. Got a no decision in a loss to Penn State. But man, a guy that we come back to every week. It feels like uh, Jason Savakul. It's hard to get away from the numbers. He's been great. Seven innings, thirteen strikeouts. Five hits, he gave up a run, he walked just one as he got the victory against Penn State. So yet again, Savakul is our big arm for this week. All right, uh, we're going to take a brief break. We'll come back with interim head coach for the Northwestern Wildcats, Josh Reynolds. That's coming up next. This is the Big Baseball Podcast, a production of 1017 The Hammer. Well, we'd like to welcome in Josh Reynolds, the interim head coach of the Northwestern Wildcats. Excited to have him on the program. Certainly uh, nice of you, Josh, to take a little bit of time out. And what, for everyone these days, these midweek games are back, which is great. It does cause us to be a little bit more busy during the middle of the week, however. So we do appreciate your time coming off a game 
last night. Man, your Wildcats are playing really well uh, recently. Uh, at one point this season, just two and ten on the season, but have rallied back uh, to be five hundred at twelve and twelve. You're coming off a weekend in which you beat Indiana two out of three. You've got to be pretty excited about how your team is playing. Yeah, we are. We are. They're, uh, you know, we knew in the starting out, you know, like it wasn't wasn't going to be um, that's who we are, right? Like we we knew we we had a better team. Uh, we knew some guys just weren't playing to their ability, and and that's really what we challenged them to do is just play better baseball. You know, play a better brand of baseball, whether that's you know offensively competing in the box and, and executing one through nine in the lineup. You know, just having quality APs. You know, to just getting on the mound and competing, attacking the zone, and not beating ourselves. You know, and then defensively, defensively was probably the, the stronger suit of the three whenever we we started out. But we knew we could still be better in, in some areas there as well. But just kind of kept challenging the guys, kept pushing them, and, and knew that we we had a better team, and, and they've responded, and, and they've just kind of kept playing. And what we've seen over this little little streak of games is just up and down the lineup. Guys are competing really well. Um, made some, some changes on the mound. Some different guys starting different spots due to injuries and some things. And it's kind of worked out, you know. So, you know, when you win some games, you get confident and you, you want to keep winning. So it's, it's fun and, and hopefully we can keep it rolling. Yeah. So what's this season been like for you? I would imagine that it was a little bit of a whirlwind at the start, but by now perhaps you've settled in a little bit Uh, of course you're the the interim coach you took over in may of last year um and i I would imagine that it helped a little bit that you've been around the program for a number of years obviously just what's it been like to you know take over as the man in charge and then now get into the season and be winning some baseball games Uh, you know it did make a difference you know just kind of being here and kind of knowing you know how northwestern works and you know, kind of the the quirks that are that make it Northwestern compared to other places. You know, so that was that was just an easy transition. Um, but then when you when you hire good people, right? You know, you you got hire Brad Hill, who's got a ton of experience as a head coach. You know, yeah. Dusty Napoleon kept him on staff. Has, you know, been around him, so we know each other. I know what he can do from a you know a hitting standpoint and working with catchers. You know, and then hiring Jimmy Franco as our volunteer assistant. You know, got got good people around me to where. I don't have to micromanage and I don't want to micromanage, you know, so it's uh, letting them do what they're good at and trusting them. And if they have opinions on, you know, the lineup or, you know, defensive switches or whatever it may be, you know, pitching, you know, I I go to them and say, Hey, what do you think about this? You know, here's Mm -hmm. what I'm thinking. What do you think? And it's people you trust, you know, so it it really hasn't been um, that hard of a transition. You get to make a few more decisions. Uh, you get to be on Big Ten podcasts and talk, right? I mean, those are the things that they get to happen. Um, but when you work with good people and you got good players in the locker room, um, they've all made the transition really, really easy. I'm glad you included your appearance here on the Big Baseball Podcast as one of the the highlights of of now being the guy in charge. Uh, we yeah. appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I I think that's a good approach. I mean, to, to, especially when you're taking over a a program like you are to to trust the voices around you, right? I mean, that, that mm-hmm. certainly makes makes the most sense um, when you're thrown into to that kind of situation. It seems like those voices around you and some of the decisions that you've made are are working out. You know, we always look at Northwestern as a a team that you know is going to be able to hit the ball, and it's going to come down to whether it can get uh, enough pitching. And man, recently here you have gotten enough pitching, including over the weekend. Your, your two guys on Friday and Saturday, at least I think that they 
pitched on on those two days. Um, your two starters, I mean, you add up Sean Sullivan and um, Mike uh, Farinelli's Farinelli. yeah, mm-hmm. uh, numbers on, on the weekend, 13-plus innings, uh, what, eight hits, no runs. I mean, man, for, you know, you get that kind of pitching from anyone, you're, you're going to be successful against anyone over a weekend, but pretty impressive what they were able to do against a good Indiana lineup. Yeah, no, that was – and that's where it starts, right? Like, if you want to have a good team and you want to compete – and have a chance to win series, you have to have good starts. And, and those two guys have, have been really good the last, you know, three or four starts. Um, you know, Sullivan's been, I think, freshman of the week twice, pitcher of the week once. Um, so just having a chance on that Friday night, right, like giving you, giving you a good go that first game. Uh, obviously, we can't get the win there, but, you know, you, you, you give them one inning and you lose a game. But then Michael yeah. Farinelli bounces right back and, and on Saturday and, and gives you the, exactly what you need. Um, and we go win that game. And then, you know, I, I, I would give Grant Comstock, you know, first year, first start, home state. Um, didn't really know what we were going to get, trying to get into the fourth inning, fifth inning. And, and he, he did pretty good, you know. So they could, there's jitters there, and we just look for him to continue to get a little bit better um, as he gets a little bit more experience in kind of that role. Um, but, yeah, no, the starting pitching is where, where it has to be. If you if you don't have good starters you know, or they don't get you deep enough in the game, it really taxes that bullpen and, it just, you know, you, you can't have the right call every day. Everybody's not going to be sharp. So if you can limit the amount of arms you have to throw in each game, it makes it a lot easier to, to try to go out and win and have a good plan in place. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, as for your offense, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're getting it done in a variety of different ways, it seems like. I mean, you had one series, I think, earlier in the year. It seemed like you guys hit about 35 home runs. Uh, you might not be doing that every weekend, but you're finding ways, it feels like, to manufacture some things, and you've got – you know, a team batting average in the 280s range and, and a couple of guys hitting above 300. Do you feel like you have uh, some good pieces there that are leading this offense and, you know, are, again, giving you opportunities to win some baseball games in some different ways? Yeah, and, and I think that's what we challenge the, the offense to be is, like, you know, last year we have, you know, guys who can hit home runs and you win a lot of games with, with hitting home runs, and but we just weren't dynamic, right? We didn't yeah. have the ability to... You know, on a Friday night, if we needed to find a way to score two or three runs without the home run because the weather's not playing right or the wind's not blowing out, then then it was a challenge to score runs. We challenged the guys, you know, this year, all, all fall and into the spring of just creating that dynamic lineup and, and being able to, you know, have the guys who can hit for average, hit the doubles, hit for home runs, you know, just on base percentage, take a walk, you know, steal a base, get a bunt down, just be productive with the at-bats. And, what we've seen is one through nine, and it's pretty much been every game. We'll meet, you know, the next day before the next game and, and just talk about it. It's like, hey, one through nine, and, you know, one through nine, one through four, we're on base, you know, eight times, uh, five through nine, on base, you know, 12 times, you know, and, and that's what it had to be. You know, it can't just be one, two, three, four, every single game, just getting production. And, and it's been from the whole team, you know, like everybody that's been in the lineup is has produced in some way, shape, or form. I mean, I think a, a prime example would be on Sunday, uh, J.C. Santini, who had one hit on the weekend, which was the, the big hit to kind of get the spread against Indiana going early, you know, with the grand slam. Um, so had one hit, one home run, but I think he walked like seven times, you know, got <laughs> hit a couple of yeah. times. So he's on base, you know, out of the nine hole. He's on base, turning it over for those guys at the top. And Ethan O'Donnell, you know, he's been on fire. Um, at the top, and then you got Anthony Clarko behind him. Jay Bashir's is having um, a really good 
um, season so far, which we know he could do, you know, and then you just keep going down. You get, uh, you know, like Andrew, Andrew Pinks and Drewby, as we call him, um, who, you know, first year who just competes in the box. And Vince Bianchino, who's just, you know, there's runners on base. We want, we want runners on base when that guy's up there because we know he's going to drive them in, give us a good AB. Um, you know, and you can just keep going through our guys and just the way they played, and, and it's what we what we really ask them to do when they're they're performing at that at a high level right now. Yeah, and two of those guys you mentioned, Bashir's and, and O'Donnell. I mean, their OPS above a thousand, almost above eleven hundred. Uh, I mean, they've been really really good. A couple of sophomores at the top of your lineup who are, you know, getting on base. They're hitting for power. Uh, they're hitting for a high, uh, a high percentage. I mean, everything that you could possibly want out of a couple of guys who are uh, really at the top of your order and sort of leading this offense, right? Yeah, and I don't think it's a surprise to us, right? We knew they were good players, you know. Yeah. So um, we just knew that sometimes it's an approach, sometimes it's a mentality, um, but whatever. We knew they were good players, and they're showing it, and that, that's what's exciting, you know. When you when you know you got good players and they can um, make adjustments, and you know. Jay didn't start out really well this year, but it was just like keep pushing and okay, hey man, you're a good player, you're a good player, and now you don't have to tell him anything. He knows he's a good player, you know. And and Ethan, Ethan was solid for us last year as a as a first year, um, and just got that a lot more experience than Jay, um, just that he could you know kind of fall back onto, and he's just taking. And I think the good thing about both of them, they can do everything. You know, it's like you yeah. said, it's like they, they can hit a double, they can. You know, leg out a single on a ground ball to the shortstop. They can lay down a bomb. You know, they can hit the ball over the fence. You know, so it's you don't know what you're going to get from those guys because it's, it's it's they can do everything. You know, so that's it's been exciting to watch those two guys just kind of do what when you watch them and you see them in practice and like execute it on the field. I and mean, they're not perfect, right? Like we're not expecting them to be perfect, man. But they're they're having a really really good year so far, and we expect them to continue that. Talking to Josh Reynolds, he's the man in charge of the Northwestern. Wildcats, uh, you do have that interim title. Does it change anything that you're doing in your approach with recruiting, anything uh, sort of like that to, to, to have that with you? You're sort of in an unusual situation in that you see that often, like if there's been a coaching change in the middle of the season or right before the season or something like that. But, but your, your case is a little bit different as you, you, know, you had some time to prepare and then go into the fall and into this season. Yeah, no, it's... I'll be honest with you, like, don't even think about it, right? Yeah. Like, it was just one of those things where um excited for the opportunity, wanted the chance to get to coach the guys that are in this locker room and the class that was coming in, um, knew knew the type of talent that was on the team, if we could, you know, stay healthy and get everybody to, to reach their potential and kind of play at the level that we know they could, and, and just give it a go, right? Just give it your best, and that's kind of, you know, as a coaching staff, we talked about it. We're not going to talk about that. We don't it just, it is what it is. We don't make those decisions. And we tell our guys the same thing all the time. They control what you can control. And that's yeah. what we do. We're controlling what we can control. And that's practice every day and making sure we're working, working the team to get better and, and, uh, do what they, they need to do, you know, and then from a game day standpoint, kind of the same thing, control what we can control. And, and that's, that's all we're going to do, you know, and, and hopefully, hopefully things work out and we continue to uh, play the brand of baseball that we want to play. And, if the changes at some point, great. You know, if it, if it goes a different way, then I, I can't control that. But we're gonna we're gonna give it our best as a coaching staff and as a team, and see what we can do this year. Yeah. And Northwestern too always strikes me as a place where you recruit. I mean, I, I'm, clearly you recruit um, 
you know, to you and your staff and, and your personality. But you also, you know, do recruit to the school a lot at Northwestern, too, right, because of the academic standard and, and, and all of that and being in the Big Ten and, and all those kinds of things. So did that, is that sort of your approach with things, uh, with, with recruiting these days? Yeah, and I, I think that's the thing, too. It's like, so, you know, like right now we're with the with the rosters of 40 man with everybody else, right? Like being able to extend them because of COVID and like the COVID relief with the rosters. We're still right. working with the 31 man roster. Yeah. Uh, we didn't, we didn't get the COVID relief. So you have to, obviously you recruit to your needs first, right? So, you know, we, we, we can go out and recruit and see, uh, you know, a catcher that we really like, but if we already have the catchers on our team, it doesn't make sense to add another spot <laughs> yeah. because, that spot's very valuable. You know, every one of our roster spots is valuable. As you see, you know, we're probably playing with 24, 25 healthy bodies right now um, just because it's just normal stuff, right? In baseball, you know, you play, throwers get sore, um, you get a hamstring, you get an ankle, you get things that happen. Um, so you got to make sure that you have guys that can come off the off the bench and be ready to play. And so we have to recruit to needs, you know, so – when we, when you go out and, and you, you put it together and say, hey, this is what we need in this class, you have to go get that. And if you like somebody else, it, it doesn't matter. You know, you have to go get your needs. Yeah. Um, but then obviously the academic piece is, is important too because it's, you know, like we just tell people when they ask, it's like we go to an event, there's 100, 100 baseball players there. There's probably 15 that we could probably recruit, mm-hmm. right, just from mm-hmm. an academic standpoint. And then from there, there's probably really five to five to eight that from a talent standpoint that you're going to actually try to recruit. And then you got other teams that are recruiting them as well. So you're kind of into yeah. that three, three kids that you're really recruiting and, and really think you have a shot with. So it, it just gets cut down from the academic standpoint really fast. Um, obviously we want personality. We want guys that have drive, um, you know, that, that enjoy coming to the field every day because we don't want to have to coach that. Um, but yeah, it just, it goes down to academics is probably the first, um, you know, then the, the baseball skill, and then it comes down to all the other, you know, things that you need to get answered with character and personality and all of that. Yeah. Yes, uh, I think that's a, that, it's a good philosophy. Talking to Josh Reynolds, the uh, interim head coach of the Northwestern Wildcats. Uh, you know, I don't, as a coach, I'm, I'm not sure how much attention you pay to this. Uh, as a, a, a podcast host, I can pay a lot of attention to it. I feel like you have a favorable schedule in the Big Ten, Penn State this weekend. Uh, that's not to say every opponent is 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 a, a cakewalk or anything, but it feels like a favorable schedule. Illinois, then on the road, Michigan State, and then so on. Do you do you feel like uh, things are set up for you guys to continue to to win some games if you continue to play well and maybe you know be a team uh, that that gets into the Big Ten tournament and then once it gets there can can maybe make some noise at the end of the year. Yeah, and I just think, you know, you can look at schedule and yeah, maybe we're missing out on some teams that are, you know, normally top of the conference. But it's just one of those where, like, every year you, you never know what's going to happen in, in, in a conference or a team. You just don't know what they have, who's going to uh, be playing well at that time. So I think it's just game to game, right? It's just game to game. That's what we focus on. And, and yeah. it doesn't matter if it's a Tuesday versus UIC or if it's going to be a Friday versus Penn State. It's a baseball game for us to have a chance to continue to play the way we want. Um, to get on the field and do what our guys like doing, you know. So um, we just challenge them to – it doesn't matter who we're playing, but let's play our brand of baseball. You know, like we play our brand of baseball. We can play the game the way we want to play it. We're going to have a chance to win, you know. So you line up teams in front of us, and that's all we're, we're worried about, you know. So we're, we're focused on us and, and who we are as a team. 
um, and if that's what we want to want to take care of. So we kind of have some some goals that we want to match, and if we do that, then we're going to be happy with it after the game, you know. Mm-hmm. And if win lose, like sometimes you can't control that, right? You know, it's just that that's not something you can control, but you can control, you know, your AB, and you can control your pitcher on the mound, or he can control himself and attack the zone, and maybe it's a bloop over the first baseman's head that loses the game. So what? Right. Hey guys, we played good today. This is the way we were supposed to play. It just didn't work out in that favor. So we're not really looking at the schedule and who we're playing and, and trying to figure all that out. Cause that's when you, you get out of the, the, the mindset of like, Hey, just focus on us and do mm-hmm. what we're supposed to do. There's a game in front of us today. Let's go play it. Yeah. Penn state this weekend. Hey, uh, best of luck uh, this weekend and the rest of the season. I know we'll see you uh, later on in the, in the year. Hopefully, uh, you know, in West Lafayette here, the weather has been not great. Uh, and, and you being a couple hours north of us, I'm sure it hasn't been either. So hopefully that'll start to turn for all of us and we can start playing some some baseball when it's at least like 50 degrees or something, which would be, yeah. which would be nice. Regular series, right? Just yeah. one Friday, one Friday, one Saturday. Yeah, we're already, I'm going to have to, as soon as I get off this, this podcast here, I'm going to have to call Coach Cooper and try to figure out what we're going to do because Friday, obviously, not looking great, but you know, yeah. we'll, we'll deal with it. Yep. We're used to it in the Midwest, right? Like we know how to make changes to schedules and play <laughs> doubleheaders and, and keep rolling. No doubt. Hey, appreciate the time. Thanks a lot. You bet. Take care. Thank you. That's uh, Northwestern coach Josh Reynolds joining us on the podcast. Let's take a break. We'll be back with the weekend rotation. You're listening to the Big Baseball Podcast. All right, let's hit the weekend rotation, the three items that we are looking for as we head into the weekend. Drew, I want to follow up a little bit for what Josh Reynolds had to say about his Wildcats and just talk a little bit about, in particular, for me at least, with Northwestern, I always think about the offense for the Wildcats. But, man, they have the ability with those first two starters uh, to really pitch it pretty well, too. And if they continue to get the kind of efforts that they got against a good offensive team in Indiana out of uh, Sean Sullivan and Mike Farinelli, then, man, Northwestern can win some games. Those two combined over the weekend in victories against Indiana, 13 and a third innings pitched, no runs on eight hits with 16 strikeouts. Uh, You put that offense, which I do think is capable of scoring some runs, even against uh, better teams in the Big Ten, you combine that with a couple of good starts, out of those two guys, and Northwestern can win some ball games. The other reason they can win some ball games is because of the schedule. Yeah, it looks extremely favorable. <laughs> the Big Ten schedule here for Northwestern. They've got Penn State next, and, and then home. they've got a at home, and then they have a they have a couple of a couple of tough series at Illinois, then home versus Michigan State, which is okay. Yeah, but we're talking about tough series against probably teams that you're projecting somewhere. Four through seven or eight, not one through three. Right. Well, yeah. then you go at Maryland. Correct. That's then you go at Maryland. Yeah. But your last nine games of the season yeah. are versus Ohio, home versus Ohio State, home versus Purdue, and at Minnesota for yeah. the last nine for the Wildcats. Yeah. So a team maybe in Northwestern that we really at the start of the season when they were two and ten in particular to start this year, now they're five hundred at twelve and twelve a team that we weren't really paying a whole lot of attention to, but certainly has our attention now. Uh, number two, you know, we previewed this series, so we should hit on it a little bit, and that being uh, Iowa against Michigan over the weekend. The Hawkeyes taking 
two of three from the Wolverines in really what was probably the the number one series in the Big Ten. In in game one of that one, if you get this kind of production from your middle two guys, uh, middle two, I'm uh, your three four hitters, uh, Peyton Williams and Keaton Anthony, uh, in that. 10-run, 10-3 victory in Game 1. Six hits, five runs driven in, a couple of runs scored. Uh, Anthony had a home run. Those two guys in the middle of the order, I mean, you stack those two up about against just about anyone in the Big Ten. Yeah, let's talk. I'm going to talk specifically about this this game, the last game against Michigan. Iowa had a, a really good chance to sweep the Wolverines this last weekend, and that would have been such a such a good point in the schedule for them. Still was winning two of three, but in this third game, Adam Mazur got the start, pitched well, uh, just three hits, a couple of runs, struck out four. Uh, Iowa unfortunately lost two to nothing. They were shut out. The offense kind of went away in this third game. Yeah. They had runners in scoring position in both of the last two innings, the eighth and the ninth, uh, to try to overcome the Wolverines. But so close, yeah. so close to sweeping Michigan, which which would have been huge for the Hawkeyes. And they just couldn't get it done in that last game. All right, what are you watching this weekend? Indiana at Purdue. We will be there for that series, of course, in Alexander Field. Um, we mentioned earlier Rutgers at Nebraska. I think that's an intriguing series for a couple of reasons uh, to see if Rutgers can keep it up against better competition and then also to see if the Cornhuskers, you know, after the sweep against Ohio State, are really a team to be reckoned with, uh, you know, once again in the Big Ten. What else you got? Uh, Illinois at Iowa. I think that's a good series. Uh, You know, both those teams are sort of quietly Mm -hmm. lurking around right there with those other big-name teams in the Big Ten. Uh, So it's going to be interesting to see how that one comes out, who comes out ahead in that one. I assume it's going to be a 2-1 series uh, one way or the other, and it'll be interesting to find out. Uh, Cal State Fullerton Fullerton is at Michigan. That is the one out-of-conference series uh, this weekend as well. Should be an interesting one for the Wolverines. All right, that'll do it for us. Uh, nice to have you back, I guess. Sweet. Yeah. I mean, I, you were here last <laughs> week, but you were gone for yeah, a few days. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here every week. You're not here except, every week. Except one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks to Josh Reynolds for coming on the podcast with us this week. We do certainly appreciate his time. For Drew Charters, I'm Kyle Charters. Thanks for listening. This is the Big Baseball Podcast, a production of 1017 The Hammer. Yeah!